Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? Here at More To Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Angela Sackett. And I'm Lisa Pulliam. And together we want to help you think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. So we want to welcome you back to part two of Be Refreshed, where we're going just a little bit deeper into this passage in John 4. And um, Lisa, maybe you want to do a quick recap of uh, what we talked about in the beginning? Yeah, absolutely. So as we dove into John 4, we were looking at the Samaritan woman from kind of three different perspectives, right? The Starting off with the fact that she felt rejected. She couldn't understand why Jesus was there face-to-face with her and interacting with her because it was totally culturally unacceptable to have this interaction between a Jew and a Samaritan woman. And so I love it that we can see in this how Jesus breaks the mold of what we think he is all Mm -hmm. about and shows us who he really is. And then we look at the part, uh, John 4, 10 through 12, and we can see that she had a lot of buts, but, but, but. She had three (laughs) particular buts about why Jesus uh, should not be offering her uh, a refreshing drink here. Why, why he is not able to quench her thirst. And we talked a little bit about how that's our struggle. Do we really believe that Jesus can quench our thirst? And we're going to look at that more today. And then we looked at uh, the middle part, John 4, 13 through 15 on refreshment and uh-huh. how the type of thirst that we have, that soul thirst, cannot be quenched in any way apart from Jesus. And what are the false gods we are making and turning to to fill us up? Yeah, if you didn't listen to part one, you better go back and listen and find out what what Lisa meant when she talked about drinking a cup of spit. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'll have to go back to listen to that. (laughs) Well, with that, why don't I go ahead and read our passage of scripture today? So we started off with John 4, 1 through 15, and now we're going to go 16 to 42. So if you've got your Bible, grab it, pull it open. And if not, just make a quick note. Uh, John chapter 4, 16 to 42, we're going to read today. And actually, I'm going to back up if it's okay, and I'm going to read 15, just to kind of give us a start. So Jesus is talking to this woman at the well. The woman says to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband. She replied. Jesus said to her, you are right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you've just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet or our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? 
Then, leaving her water jar, the women went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus, the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And, and he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves. And now we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Amen. Mm. Amen. I love it. It's, she starts with being completely rejected and an outcast and turns out to be a primary leader in her community, leading men and women to Jesus. Yeah. He'll, he'll use us. <laughs> he, and he wants to take us from where we are to where he knows we can be in him. Right. Right. It kind of all starts to come together when you read chapter after chapter of scripture and start thinking about how each of the stories in the word uh, teach the principles of God and, and layer. It's like layer upon layer upon layer. So if we're going to dive into this section, there's some key points I want to pull out. If we look at John 4, 16 to 18, uh, Jesus is challenging her to face her reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have a question. Are we aware of our reality? Have we faced it? Jesus is offering living water. She finally is at the place of saying, yes, bring it on. And then he said, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. And she said, I don't have a husband, which was the truth. But Jesus takes her to the true truth, to the deeper level. You're right. You don't have a husband right now. You have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with. You certainly spoke the truth. He wants not, not the truth that we're comfortable with, but the fullness of the truth. Oh, I love that. Right? And, and I just think that's the hardest place to go, the fullness of the truth. That, and, you know, I think about fear, right? Yeah. Fear keeps us, we, we're afraid of facing reality, and, and I think... We're afraid of speaking reality, too. Yes. Yes. But it's in, um, I think of the, the scripture passage, I think it's in James, confess your sins one to another, you shall be healed. Mm -hmm. Right? And then other scripture passages that talks about God knowing our heart and knowing our thoughts. And we see it in Jesus interacting with the Pharisees throughout scripture. He knew what they were thinking before they even said it. So what is it about actually verbalizing and owning our reality before God that is part of the healing process. Mm. 
Is it, is that, is that what happens like in our hardened hearts? I think of Ezekiel 36, uh, is it 36, 32? I can't remember the exact um, passage, but where, where God says he would take our heart of stone and turn it to a heart of flesh. So in that process of turning our heart from stone to, fre- to flesh, does that require owning our reality and saying, this is my sin. This is my past. These are the decisions I've made. This is how I ended up in today. This is my struggle. I'm laying it all out before you, God, because when I get this all out, then when I take in the living water that you give me, it fills me completely. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's only getting in around the the pain and the wounds yes. rather yeah. than filling the cavities that the wound and the pain has taken. Mm. And you know, it's interesting. We talked, I think, in an earlier episode about the reality of our salvation coming from him, not mm-hmm. from anything that we do or were or are or can be. Um, Jesus doesn't shy away from that. He's not mm-hmm. He's not choosing to love this woman based on whether she's a Jew or a Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, it's out of his grace, out of his love, out of his holiness that he pursues us. Yeah. And there's a release in that. There's a freedom in that. We keep coming back to that, that God's salvation offers us freedom. Yeah, yeah. There was a situation I was in recently. I was just a hot mess, like in an <laughs> irritable funk, discontented with life and blaming all sorts of situations. And I had a movie night with two of my girlfriends who've known me a long time. And I was telling them what was going on. And uh, the one friend is a counselor, very compassionate, very tender. Well, maybe you need to do this. And really soft with me. And the other one is um, a very like black and white kind of, this is the way it is. Pull yourself (laughs) up by your bootstraps, like face reality. And she turned to me and she said, I don't mean this to sound offensive, Lisa, but I think you're really mad at God. Mm. And I was like, you could, you know, my posture changed. And I was like, how dare she say I was mad at God. (laughs) But those words of truth spoken in love in the right context sat with me. And over the next 24 hours, I just really thought, God, am I really just mad at you? Mm. And the truth is I was ticked off with God. The conflicts that I was facing every day, the discontentment in my heart that I was struggling with in this particular season was a result of not liking my reality. This is the life he's given me. And there were parts of this life that I was not happy with. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of that reality was because I made choices. Maybe some of that reality was this is part of God's bigger plan. And I can't go into the details of it all, but I think that what, the takeaway for all of us is that there is some part of our lives that we're not happy with and we don't like. Mm. And if we don't get honest with God about that, there's actually a wall that comes up between us and God rather than being honest and saying, this is what it is. So in the case of the Samaritan woman, it doesn't say you have sinned. You had five husbands. We don't know really. We don't know if, These five husbands were husbands that walked out on her or did she walk out on them? Mm. We don't, we don't know the backstory. We, we infer what we think the backstory is, Mm. but Jesus just wants honesty. Yes. Yeah. It's right to the point. And I'm so thankful for that. So thankful. So if we continue on in this conversation between Jesus and the Samaritan woman, we see more honesty play out 
she says that, you know, he's right. Uh, and now she thinks he's a prophet. Uh, and so she talks about worship. And I think this is an interesting trans- transition. How do mm. we go from her owning her reality to now into worship? Mm. But an obstacle to worship is not owning our reality. Wow. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? And and the only reason I see this so clearly is that we had one of those um, mornings that nobody ever has, you know, in their houses on Sunday mornings. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Nobody. Oh, yeah. One of those mornings. We had one of those mornings and uh, ended up getting to church and I did not want to worship. Like I could not worship because there were things that were not reconciled mm. and they were empty words. I wasn't praising God in that moment. I was frustrated at the situations that we were going through and wanted to really tend to the, the hearts in my family and resolve the situation. It had absolutely nothing to do with anything else going on in our lives. This was an isolated situation, and, but it, it was a fresh reminder to me. And so if we continue to read on here, uh, on verse 22, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Our worship is brought on by the Spirit and has to happen in the truth. Mm-hmm. You were going to say something. No, I was just thinking right back to that, um, you know, him, him getting to the heart of the matter, calling out the truth. Yeah. That being necessary to come to the worship. And the other thing, I'm, I hope I'm not jumping ahead of you here, but maybe you'll go there. The fact that she needs to know, it's like she's discovering who he is to come to yes. a place of worship. Yeah, right? That's the other part of this, right? The father is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. And then he declares who he really is. Yeah. And so does she need to be positioned in her reality to recognize that she needs him, the Messiah? Mm. Which comes first? In this case, she couldn't see her need for the Messiah without owning her need. Mm. Which he calls out in her. He Which he calls that. out in her. Wow. So uh, verse 24, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. So here's her head knowledge. Here's her history. Here's her Bible class. But she didn't even recognize that she was standing in front of the Messiah. She only recognized him as a prophet at that point. And you know what? Honestly, how often do we do that? Even, yeah. even as women who read the Bible, even as women who go to church, even as women who call ourselves followers of Jesus, how often do we go back to it at the beginning when we talked about try to fill our mm-hmm. cup with other stuff and we don't even recognize when the God who made us mm-hmm. is speaking to us. Right. And then he says it. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. And now the disciples end up back on the scene and they have this big old conversation about what are you doing interacting with her? And, and the woman in this moment, it says the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. Mm. And that's what happens when we have an encounter with Christ is that we, we are received by him. We are loved by him. We are healed by him. That is what satisfies the soul. 
It's Jesus. And then we can't help but tell about it, right? Then we can't help but tell about it. And that is the impact. When he changed her, he changed her legacy. He changed her Mm. impact. And that's what I say all the time is that when God gets a hold of our hearts, he changes us, but it's never for our benefit alone. It's because of how he wants to use us in his kingdom purposes. A changed woman leads to changed lives. It just is what happens. And she is the perfect illustration of that. Unqualified by the world, requalified by God. Mm. It is. And so, you know, skipping down to verse 39, which is a great place to wrap on. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. In, in an earthly relationship, being told everything we've ever did feels like condemnation. Yes. But in the relationship with our maker, it actually leads to intimacy. Yeah. He, he knows, knows and still loves us. Mm. He has a purpose for us and he clearly had a purpose for her. So, you know, she stayed, he stayed for two days long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because of what we have heard from him ourselves. And I think, oh, we have to get a hold of this. We may not see the evidence of the transformation. Yes. We may be part of the process in somebody else's life. And even further, taking it one step further, we aren't going to be the cause no matter what we do or say. Yeah. He will change hearts. It's the encounter with God. Mm. Because now, then the last part of what they said, now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Right? So when we are functioning as that transformed woman, believing in Jesus, having an honest relationship with him, walking in the calling that he has placed before us to embrace the salvation that he has given us, the work that he wants to accomplish in us and through us may not be something we actually see, even though we can be a critical part of it. Yes. And again, freeing. That lifts a a huge burden, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because all we need to do is really embrace this relationship with God through Jesus Christ and do as he tells us to do, but leave the outcome up to him. I've heard it said, you know, uh, do your best and leave the rest to God. And sometimes I'm like, oh, those little cliches, like sometimes they're theologically off. But in this case, it's steadfast eyes on Jesus, receiving our uh, the living water that he has to offer us, being filled up by him. And I picture it this way, back to the cup analogy, and we'll end on this. If you take that cup, instead of it being filled with spit, (laughs) <laughs> it's filled with the refle- refreshing, overflow, bubbling water that Jesus offers us. Mm-hmm. We actually don't even have to like go and hand that cup to somebody else. If they're just standing within a relationship with us, what is naturally overflowing will give them a taste of Jesus, and we don't even need to spit in their cup. Yes, I'll, I'll say yes to that. <laughs> I know. It's not the most beautiful of analogies, but I think it works, right? I mean, he he so longs to refresh us and mm-hmm. to fill us, to fill that thirsty heart, that thirsty mm-hmm. soul. And um, as you're listening today, oh, how we pray that for you. We pray that 
um, for ourselves that we will be um, satisfied in Jesus because that's what he longs to do is satisfy us as we celebrate, as we worship him, as we um, come to the God who is holy, who is redeeming. And a couple of questions for you as we close out today to be thinking about what is the reality of your situation that Jesus sees and knows completely. With the woman at the well, he called it. He called out where she was and he wants to do that with you. So take a minute and just um, admit that to yourself. Admit that to him um, so that he can address you in truth. What's your response to what God offers you through Christ? Are you thirsty? Are you willing to drink that living water that he is offering you? Again, the, the Messiah, the God who wants to save and draw you to himself. And can you imagine for just a minute, what would be the result of your faith in the lives of others as that wellspring of living water bubbles out um, onto them, into their lives as well, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors and friends. And so I'm just going to finish with a dare. I dare you to meet him at the well today open up his words, spend time with him, and then take what he gives you and go running to the people that he's placed in your life to share that living water. Mm, good stuff. Well, let me close us in prayer that God would give us courage mm. to do that and answer that dare. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for being our living water and being our source of refreshment. I thank you that you allow us to see in this passage about the Samaritan woman that you were honest with her and you called her into honesty with you and that her reality uh, became the foundation for the redemptive work that you were doing in her life the way you would use her god you rescued her from a past and gave her new purpose in you and god you are about the business of doing that in us when you change us through an encounter with you you change our legacies and you change our impact for your glory so we ask you, Lord, that mm -hmm. you would be about the business of kingdom impact and we mm -hmm. would be about the business of meeting with you and yielding our hearts and our lives to you. Mm -hmm. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the More To Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word during your time with us today. Make sure to stop by moretobe.com slash podcast to see the show notes and free downloadable resources we have for you there. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.